So Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And that's Malachi chapter 3. Chapter 1, and it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he doth shall prosper. And that's where we'll stop reading right there. And so... I guess if we had a thought or a text, I'm going to ask you, I guess what you'd call a dumb question. Do you want to be blessed? Of course, everybody's going to say yes to that. That's the first thought crossed your mind, wouldn't it? When I asked you that question, do you want to be blessed? Of course, your answer is yes. And there may be times in our lives that we wonder where the Lord's at, why He's not doing the things we think we need, and why He's not just answering our prayers when we think He should. I'm going to tell you how to be blessed. And sometimes we're too clueless to know that we're blessed. John sings a song every once in a while here. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And you may, I've been down on my, I guess what you'd say down on my luck before. Having that pity party. And I'm sure you've been there too. But uh, when you begin to really count everything the Lord's done for you. Instead of your cup being empty, you'll be like David and you'll say, my cup runneth over. And, uh, there's a lady who used to sing a song up a few years ago. I'm drinking from the saucer because my cup is overflowed. And, uh, so, <clears throat> do you want to be blessed? So Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, 
saith the Lord of hosts, If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there is not, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Have you ever received one of those? <laughs> Let me tell you this. Now, I guess I've told it here before. Long before I'd ever announced my call to preach, they elected me over at Rankin to be an assistant Sunday school teacher in the young people's class. And John Clark was a teacher, and he never missed a Sunday. So I thought I'd be all right at that, that I would never have to really stand, because John never missed. Until one Sunday, he wasn't there. And so they had a lectern, and the chairs was in a U-shape around the classroom. And I was scared to death because I hadn't done that in years. And I began to teach, and after a while, the good spirit began to come by. And I fell to stirring down on the inside, and then the next thing I knew, I was coming to myself. I had lost track of who was in the room, of what I was saying. I couldn't even have told you my own name for just a little while. And I had a blessing that I couldn't contain. And uh, David said, my cup runneth over. Let me tell you what happens when your cup runs over. Somebody else's desire to get that blessing too. Somebody else's cup gets full when yours is full. And you never know, there have been times I've come to church just as low as I could be. And somebody would begin to talk about the Lord, or tears roll down their face, or they'd sing a song and praise the Lord, and my empty cup would begin to fill up. Well, how's that happen, preacher? How do you get a blessing? Now listen, you can have all you ever wanted and still not be blessed. You can have all you ever thought you ever needed and still not be blessed. But this tells us how to get a blessing. It says, <clears throat> bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith. What we got to do? We got to bring it all. Now, I'm not talking about all your paycheck. You could put all your paycheck into the church and still not be blessed. You could be here every time the doors are open and be the first one here and the last one to leave and still not be blessed. But this says, prove me herewith. Bring all the tithes. When we think of tithing, we think of money and, and, and we think about Abraham giving Melchizedek 10%. But now listen, that's not what the Lord requires. Here's what He requires. That we love the Lord thy God with this three-letter word that about gets us every time. Love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, soul, mind, and strength. Ten percent of your money don't mean a thing to the Lord. If He needs money, He'll, he'll provide it. He needs us. He needs me and you to put our all into this thing. And not just whenever we feel like it or what we got left over. He needs us to put our all into this thing. Now there's been plenty of times 
that I have failed the Lord. How about you? There's been plenty of times I have let Him down. But there have been times that I didn't feel like moving. I didn't feel like going. I had a revival one time up in the edge of Green County, and Dwayne Brewer had called me, and the Sunday that it was supposed to start, I had a tooth abscess. And I preached twice that week with an abscess tooth. And you know what I did? I got blessed because I did what the Lord wanted me to. We had a good revival. Bill Russell helped me preach that revival. We had a good revival. When you do for the Lord and you give Him all that you've got, He'll give you a blessing. He'll pour you one out that you can't contain. Aren't you glad that God provides? Aren't you glad that He sees what we need? Whenever we're dragging tracks, whenever we're as low as we can go, He'll send somebody by with a blessing. And you never know uh, who it might be, but it'll be somebody to say the very words you need to hear. It'll be somebody to sing the very song that will fill your cup up. It'll be somebody to praise the Lord that, that the Spirit will flow from breast to breast, and it'll bless you and your cup will overflow. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The reason we're not blessed is we don't bring all the tithes in. We don't bring everything that we are. We don't put the world aside. We don't put our job aside. We don't put the things on our mind aside. You know, we go just obsessed. And if you're not careful and you listen to the news all the time, that's all you'll ever think about. How about God and what He did for you and I? How about sending His Son to Calvary to pay the price for our sins. How about reaching down and saving your soul from hell? Is he not do all that we have? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Have you brought him all? I'd have to say there's been lots of times I've brought him a lot less than that. And prove me herewith and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can't contain we sing the song I am blessed every day that I live I am blessed from when I wake up to the morning to lay my head at rest I am blessed and we ignore some of the very basic blessings that God gives us we take them for granted and I, I, it's a rare occasion. Tammy and I eat a lot. We eat out a lot. And it's a very rare occasion when you see folks bow their head and thank God for their meal. If it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for His mercy, they wouldn't be able to work and have the money to pay for that meal. If it wasn't for God and for His mercy, they wouldn't be able to buy the groceries that it takes to make that meal. We should thank Him for the very basics that He gives us. There are lots of people that would like to lay in the bed that you're in tonight. There are lots of people that are homeless that are neglected lots of children that don't know where they're going to lay their head at right now and we've got a place that's safe and warm and what are we? we're blessed do you want to be blessed? let me let you in on a little secret the Bible says God is no respecter of persons amen so in other words there's no difference between me 
This old boy that you see that gets up and goes to work every day, that has a place to sit down and rest and eat and sleep and clothes on my back, there's not a bit of difference between me and the homeless man on the streets of Knoxville down there at Magnolia. He, the God loves him just like he loves me, and it's by his mercies that I'm not consumed. I am blessed beyond measure, and if you want to be blessed, give him all that you can give him, and see if he won't pour you out a blessing that you can't contain. All right. So how are we blessed? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Did you know, since I've been pastor here at Dutch Bottoms, I get all kinds of stuff. I get mail, email, stuff sent me through Facebook and things like that all the time telling me how to be a pastor. Telling me to do this or to do that or for this fee they'll help us do this or do that. Let me tell you how I've figured out to do the very best I can for the Lord. I talk to Him and He talks to me. That's all I know to do. I'm not smart enough to do anything else. So I'll just depend on Him. And I know we've had our hills and our valleys. And I know this virus has given us a hard time. We've had to call off some services. I know there's folks that would love to be here right now. But they're afraid for this virus. And I understand that completely. And one day we'll get to be together again. The whole church rejoicing. I'm not talking about when the Lord comes back. I know we'll be all together then but I believe and I pray and I can see it if you don't believe through faith if you don't believe what you pray then you're wasting your time I believe God will give us an opportunity for the whole church to be together again and rejoice and be blessed I know we've been through hills and valleys. We've had to call off some services. But Dutch Bottoms Baptist Church has been blessed. Amen. To date, we've not lost one of our people through this virus. There are very, very, very few churches in East Tennessee that can say that. I don't want to lose the first one. I, it, would, it would really, really, the guilt would bother me. I'm just pre telling you how I feel. The guilt would really bother me if I thought for one instant that someone from this church caught that virus as a result of being in this sanctuary. It would really, really, I don't know that it would be hard for me to get over. But I'm here to tell you today, and it's by the grace and mercy of God that, that, he's, that we've not lost a one. So I would dare say, we're blessed. Amen. 
Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We got everybody telling us how to worship. We got everybody telling us what to do, what not to do, what to believe, what not to believe. Let me relay this to you. If it's not in the King James Version Bible, we don't need to mess with it. If, it does, if it's not in there, we need to leave it alone. And some of the things that are in there, the ungodly folks have denied. They have said that's, that's outdated, that's not for 2021, that's, that's not in the times that we live. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. You want to take it for granted, you want to throw it on the shelf, you want to say it's out of date. Let me tell you something, there are people in North Korea, there are people in China that would love to hold the Bible you have in your hand. They would love to open the pages and read the Word of God of that Bible that's collected dust on your shelf let me tell you something yes we've strayed far from God in the good old USA yes we're celebrating sin yes we've done a lot of things we shouldn't do but just to be able to open and read the word of God I'd say we're still blessed 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 is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You need some programs. You need an outreach to the youth. You need better lighting. You need some stage effects. We need more power with God. That's what we need. <laughs> My sister is sitting right here. Ask her about the youth program at Rankin Missionary Baptist Church about 30 years ago. We didn't have any stage effects. <laughs> we didn't have any smoke. We didn't have spotlights. And if we did, some of the pastors we had would say, what's that for? Let me tell you about the youth program that me and my sister grew up in. Every Sunday morning, the little kids would sing. And Pat Cody would play. And all the kids would light up. We'd say, Jesus loves me, and thank God he still does. We'd say, everybody ought to know who Jesus is, and they still should. We'd say, Jesus loves the little children, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight, and they still are. Preacher, surely that wasn't all there was to it. Well, I know it wasn't. <laughs> Sagers would get up to sag and a good spirit would move and tears would flow and people would shout 
shake hands and hug each other's necks and little sinner boys and girls like me and my sister would watch that. Bear witness of that until one Sunday night the good spirit came by and this little eight-year-old boy that sat on the third pew back from the front on the right-hand side got up, walked out between the pews and came up to shake hands just like I always did with people I'd known since the day I was born, rounded the corner and looked up. And there was Jack Strange. And there was J.P. Blazer. And there was old man Artie Chapman that lived in the curve out here. And Tom Ball. And I looked up at their faces. And it's like they had a different countenance. Their faces were lighter. And I, in that instant, I realized they had something that I didn't have. I didn't have a lot of counseling. I didn't have tracks. I just had the good spirit and power of God because people live their lives in such a way and humble themselves and relied on God that they were blessed and I could see that in the instant that I realized I was a sinner we'd have Sunday school And Sunday school teachers have it hard, I know that. Satan says nobody cares what you do. He'll tell you they're not listening. Pat Cody would feed us chocolate chip cookies. We'd color. And she'd get the King James Version Bible down. And she'd tell us stories about Jesus. And the youth program was more than that. <laughs> Because it didn't end when the service was over. When Pat Cody crawled off and found her altar wherever it was over here to holler, she called my name out to the Lord. That's part of the youth program too. And I know Juanita's done that. I know you've prayed for him. That wasn't all there was to the youth program either. The old man of God would get up. He'd run. He'd sweat. We had Mike Potter as a pastor at one time. He'd foam at the mouth. That he'd preach the gospel. Amen. And that gospel planted a seed and found a lodging place in my heart. Made this old boy realize I was a sinner and I wanted to be saved. That's what our youth program was. And you know what else? I can say this, and thank God I can. I saw my mom and my dad on the altar. And they sang and they testified and they cried and they praised the Lord. If you want your children to have salvation, you've got to show them how good it is. 
You've got to show them what it means and how it makes you feel and how it makes everything better. That's what a good youth program can do. Oh, and so blessed is the man that not walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't need advice on how to have church. We already know how. We just need to follow the Lord. Better be careful about what people advise you to do. If it goes against God's word, you'll not be blessed. All right. You want to be blessed? Stay away from ungodly counsel. What else do we have? That standeth, not standeth in the way of sinners. You need to be careful when you're in church. Now, I've seen it different places. Well, what's that mean? Well, I'd gladly step aside and let a sinner come to the altar. That's not what that means. It could mean that, but that's not what I interpret. That standeth not in the way of sinners. Friend, when you badmouth the church, you're standing in the way of sinners. When you are critical of the preaching and God has sent it and, and, and backed it up with His Spirit, you're standing in the way of sinners. Because when you open your mouth and you talk bad about the preacher, when you open your mouth and you talk bad about your brother or your sister or you're critical of them, take a look around and see if some little sinner's not standing there and hearing the bad advice you're giving them. Oh, let me tell you something. They need to know that we love one another. That's what they need to know. They need to know that we're happy, that we've got something that makes us different, that we can love even our enemies. Oh, you let somebody do something against me and you, and we're awful bad to let flesh get in the way and rub that tongue and say words we can't take back. I'm here to tell you today the Bible says to love your enemies and pray for them. Now you put that on. You give that a try, that's harder. It's a lot easier to say the words than it is to do the deed. It standeth not in the way of sinners. I've seen people stand in the way of sinners while the service was going on. When I think I need to do something... Because I think I do a good job at it. I'm standing in the way of sinners. When I, when I think this needs to be said or that needs to be said and I don't wait on the Lord. You know some people don't know what spirit is. They have no clue what the spirit is. They think every time the unction hits them, they've got to get to their feet and say a little something. You better wait on the spirit. Because you could be standing in the way of a sinner. If you want to be blessed, that's not the way to get blessed. I've been around the block. I've seen a lot of things. I've been in church all my life. You know what blesses the church more than anything? 
than to see some sinner get saved. And when we stand in the way of that, we're not only keeping that sinner from getting to salvation, we're keeping the whole church from being blessed. That standeth not in the way of sinners. If you're not standing in their way, then you must be doing something to help them get to the Lord. Is that not what our job is to start with? Standeth not in the way of sinners. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now. Have you proven the Lord? Has He proved out? Most of us here tonight are not new to this thing. There's a lot of gray hair in the building. I would dare say if I started right here with Bobby Parker, there would be a few times he could go back to in his life and say God was right there. God helped me through that. And he blessed me. We used to sing a song. God will make this trial a blessing. Sometimes you don't understand why you have to go through the things that you do, but then you get through the other side and you take a look back at what God brought you through and you realize you truly were blessed. Faye could tell you about times in her life, God really blessed her. Clyde could tell you about times in his life that God was there and filled his cup up. Juanita could tell you about times in her life that God just come by and did things she never even imagined and blessed her. You could too, couldn't you? Oh, you know why? Because they put it all in. They put it all in. They, they listened not to the counsel of the ungodly. They stood not in the way of sinners. They sat not in the seat of the scornful. Have you ever met a Christian that nothing pleased them? Everything everybody did, they had something critical to say. You know what's wrong with that person? They're not blessed. If you're not blessed, you're not happy, and you'll be critical of others. If you're not blessed, and you're not happy, and all you could do is gripe and complain, let me tell you what the Bible has to say about that person. It says the way of a transgressor is hard when you go against God's will, God's way, and you overstep His love, and you have hatred in your heart, you're not going to be blessed. That sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. Now listen. I told you I've been around the block. I've heard singers that weren't the best singers. <laughs> I've heard people that give a testimony and maybe mentally that was the best they could do. And you'd say, why would anybody ever say anything like that? Maybe mentally that's the best they can do. And we want to sit back and be critical and be scornful. But for the grace of God go I. 
Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Friend, you don't have to look very far to find a fault with me. I'm not the best looking fellow you've ever seen. I could lose a few pounds. I don't always have a smile on my face. You could find fault with me rather easily. But I believe if we look at the most difficult of situations and the most trying of people, we can find a way to still be blessed. We can find a way to still see God in that situation or that person. We can find a way to still see the best of what's going on. I'm here to tell you today, life is too short to be angry. Life is too short to be critical. Life is too short to go around with a frown on our face all the time and feel it down and never satisfied. God is good and I don't want to be critical. I don't want to be scornful. I don't want to don't want to stand in the way of a sinner. I don't want to take ungodly advice. I want to bring all that I've got and give it to God and say, here it is, Lord. I want to be blessed. How about you? If you're never satisfied in life, it's a good thing you don't have all you need from the Lord. Amen? If you're always miserable, God never intended for you to be that way. Did He not say He would supply our every need? If we have all we need, and God has seen to that, I believe Paul said, I've learned with whatever I've got to be content. That's where we need to be. And if you don't have something that you want, maybe God knows if you get it, it'll be to your harm instead of your good. Israel prayed for a king, and they didn't need one. They wanted one, and it brought hurt and harm to God's own people. But He gave it to them because they asked for it. Be careful what you ask for. You could be asking for God to take away a blessing. You know what this world needs? Proof. They need proof. We knew a preacher whenever I was a boy growing up. His name was Leslie Griffin. But everybody called him Shorty. He stood about this tall, didn't have a hair on his head. He had a hard job. He did alignments at Dick's Beeline just as you go into Morristown. He did all the grunt work, the greasy, nasty stuff. That's what he did. He pastored Round Mountain whenever I was a boy, and we used to go up there and sing. He was good friends with a pastor. We had Merle Ison. And Merle had a big, big boat at that time, and he'd take me and Dad and Shorty and and several others out, there was probably eight or ten of us could get on that boat. And Shorty took me under his wing. Gave me good advice and loved on me. 
And later in life, I saw him go through some things, some tragic things. He had a daughter that was in an accident that just about crippled her for life. Had several things that he had to go through that would break your heart. But he never held his head down. Every time you saw him, he had a smile on his face and he was praising the Lord anyway. I believe he had the right thing. And I believe even in the tragic situations he found himself in, he was still blessed. We can't be too. Don't let Satan wear you out. Don't let him wear you down. Don't let him tell you life's not worth living. Don't let him tell you nobody cares. Don't let him tell you nobody's listening. He is a liar. And we're still blessed. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Wouldn't you hate to find out years later you were the reason? Wouldn't you hate to find out years down the road you're the very reason somebody didn't go ask to be saved? It's important about what we do in service. And I appreciate our parents here at Dutch Bottoms. There's been very, very few times since I've been here that I've even noticed a child while the service was going on. They're taught to be quiet. They're taught to be respectful. Now I'm going to touch on something because the Lord's given it to me. And you may not like it. This is a place where you need to teach your children to have a seat and sit down and listen because they have a soul. I've seen two and three-year-olds go home and repeat what the preacher had to preach or sing, sing a song that they sang at church. You can't tell me they don't listen. Let's go a little farther than that. If it's important for them to sit down and listen, then it must be important for you to sit down and listen. That means when church service starts... You can live without this for an hour and a half to two hours. There is nothing on here that is that important that can keep you from getting to the Lord. But the sinner that's sitting in the house of God, their soul may not make it back to the next service. Would you let this stand in your way of pleasing the Lord? Because when our mind is here, it's not on God. When our mind is here, it's not on what He'd have us to do. He may want you to testify, but He can't get your attention because you're too busy playing friends with words to notice. Texting your buddy to see what we're going to have for lunch. Preacher people don't do that. Yes, they do. Don't you think I don't notice when you're sitting down there with your head down, not looking up? I know what you're doing. You're not concerned with a sinner. You're standing in his way. Preacher, you shouldn't preach stuff like that. It's what God gave me. Friend, what if the people that were around when you were a sinner did the same thing? 
where would you be? Would you be saved? Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. Let me tell you about those scornful people. They're not happy at church. They're not happy at home. They're not happy on the job. They're just not happy. Why? Because they're not blessed. God will not bless a prideful person. And when you feel better than someone else, and you look down your nose at someone else, God's not going to bless you. Moreover, I've never found a place to sit down. Notice what the scornful person does. He sits down. I believe if you've got something to do for the Lord, you'll be moving. You'll be on your knees praying. You'll be reading your Bible. You'll be making sure that that spirit is His spirit. You'll be a little bit afraid. I've never met anyone that would do anything for the Lord and it was in the right spirit that didn't have a little bit of fear on them. Because you want to please God. Do you want to be blessed? Then you're going to have to do more than sit in the seat of the scornful. You're going to have to do more than just listen to what everybody else tells you, godly or ungodly. You know, a lot of people just do things because somebody else said to do it. That's why we're in the mess we're in today. You're going to have to do more than do what you want to do. You need to be right. Now listen, I have preached, and I believe with all my heart, and I'm going to hush here in a minute. I believe with all my heart that church is a place for everybody. Right, wrong, or otherwise. I believe the biggest drunk in Cock County should be welcome at Dutch Bottoms Baptist Church. I'm not advocating that he come in so drunk he can't stand up. I'm saying when his mind is right, he has a place to sit and listen to the gospel. I believe church should be a place for the homosexual. How else are they going to know that their behavior is not godly if they don't hear the gospel? I believe church should be a place for the adulterer. I believe church should be a place for that person that's eat up with envy, with grief, that's, that's filled with greed. I believe a church should be a place for sinners because at one time I was one of them. How about you? And aren't you glad somebody made room for you as a sinner so that you could be blessed with salvation? I believe church is a place for everybody. But I believe if you're a part of the church... You should try with all that's within you to be right with God when you walk through the door so that He could use you. Amen? The Lord's only going to use a clean vessel. And if you're dirty, you can't be blessed. I've used this analogy before. You could come to my house for a meal and Tammy could fix the best... And when she wants to, she's a good cook. 
she could fix the best meal and it could smell so good. But when she whipped out that plate and it had dried ketchup and had dirty food all food stains all over it, you'd think twice about eating that meal no matter how good it smelled. Now, wouldn't you? What's the Lord going to do when he sees your vessel? Is he going to pour out a blessing that you can't contain? He's not going to pour out a blessing in a dirty vessel. Prove me herewith and see if I won't pour you out a blessing that you can't contain. I asked you, do you want to be blessed? Now you go back in your life to the times you know God was there. There is no doubt whatsoever that He was on the scene. You didn't listen to somebody griping and grumbling and complaining. You were trying with all your heart to see somebody saved. You weren't listening or didn't care about what the world had to say. You were giving your all. And when you did those things, God blessed. I want to see Him blessed here, don't you? We've got sinners at Dutch Bottoms. And I have seen, I have seen one of them stand and tears roll down their face. And saints go and say just a word, and they'd never make a move. We're not doing the things we need to be blessed when they can walk out that door still lost. Friend, I love Dutch Bottoms, don't you? If we really want to see God bless, we need to do those four things. We need to take care of those four things, and God will bless. I was talking to Roger today, Roger uh, Shorter, about Bible school. We didn't get to have it last year because of this virus. We talked about how much we missed it. Him and Kiva's been talking. We're going to have Bible school. If we have to have class outside, we'll just have class outside. If we have to spread kids all over this auditorium and, and the adults stay outside, then that's what we'll do. I want to see people saved, don't you? I want God to bless Dutch Bottoms. I want God to bless Brown's Chapel. I'd like to hear about Bill being saved Sunday morning. Wouldn't it be great? Amen? I'd like for the folks at Brown to hear that we saw our sinners saved here. It does me good to hear that other people are being blessed. How about you? Friend, do you want to be blessed? I've told you how. Now, if we really want to be blessed, those are the things we have to take care of. I love you. We say God bless you.